I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm your host Greg Goins and my special guest today is Hans Apple, a longtime counselor in the state of Washington who just released a great new book, Award-Winning Culture, Building School-Wide Intentionality and Action Through Character, Excellence, and Community. The book provides a school-wide framework that literally brings tears of joy to your school through kindness, empathy, and servant leadership that will reshape, reimagine, and reinvigorate your school culture. Be sure to follow Hans on Twitter at Hans N. Apple, and check out his website at awardwinningculture.com. As always, I want to thank all of our loyal listeners and hope you can like, share, and write a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Finally, the list of schools doing a podcast study this summer continues to grow, and I would be honored to connect and participate in your study through Zoom video or other platforms. Just hit me up via Twitter at Dr. Greg Goins, or the email is drgreggoins at gmail.com. I'd love to connect and continue the conversation with your group on how we can create better schools for kids. As always, folks, thanks for your continued support of the podcast, and I hope you enjoy this one. It's a great conversation with Hans Apple on award-winning culture. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. My guest today is an outstanding educator and the author of a great new book entitled Award-Winning Culture. A big welcome to Hans Apple. How are you, Hans? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you. This is an exciting book. You can never have enough information floating around out there about school culture, and this is a good one, folks. So you want to check it out. Just released, I think, May 22nd, so it's hot off off the presses. You might even get a little ink on your fingertips. (laughs) What has the reception been so far? It's been awesome. Uh, Man, I, I... I couldn't have timed uh, writing this book and when it would be released with all of the world events, but it feels like exactly what our world needs right now. Um, you know, we, we definitely need to get back to creating joyful learning environments and, and focusing on, you know, character, excellence, community, kind of those three big pillars. And uh, the reception has been amazing. You know, I've, I've heard some of the other interviews that you've been doing as you're kind of on the book tour as the release comes out. Uh, and one of the words you like to use is joy. And, and I think that's just such a perfect um, way to describe not only this book, but school culture in general, if it's done the right way. You know, one of my favorite books is The Energy Bus by John Gordon. And the, the bus driver's name is Joy. And there's a, there's a lot to that if you read the book. What, why is joy so important to you personally, and in this idea that we have to have that to have a positive school culture? 
Yeah, well, first off, I see joy as purpose, right? It's, it's about creating meaning. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we get lost in looking and searching for happiness. And I, I don't want us to make the mistake as educators of teaching our students to only seek happiness. Happiness is really a feeling. It's temporary. It comes and goes. I'm happy when I eat an ice cream cone or when I'm, you know, sitting on the couch watching Netflix, eating pizza. That, that makes me happy. But joy is something bigger. And I, I think it comes about by really understanding your own strengths and weaknesses and, and where you sort of align in the world and, and finding your place. And so I hope that that's what all education is striving for is, you know, not just putting students out that are able to take tests or that are able to move on to the next grade level or the next stage in life but are really excited uh, by their own why and, and, and feel equipped to be able to, um, you know, search that out. I think that's just huge. Uh, joy personally for me, I, I grew up uh, in kind of a traumatic situation. I was a classic ACES kid, um, you know, abusive home, you know, divorced parents, all those kinds of things. And so for me, school became my safe haven. It was my place I could go. I could be age appropriate. I didn't have to worry about solving complicated adult emotional problems. And I could just be a kid. And so um, I think at an early age, I kind of saw school as a place where you could sort of find and discover your joy. And I, th I think that we're seeing that more and more with our students. I mean, you know, I've been doing this 19 years as a school counselor, and I would say the number one thing that I've seen increase over that period of time is anxiety. You know, students are stressed out. The world is stressed out. And we know because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and all kinds of equity issues and other things that that stress level is only being magnified. Um, so I think finding ways to teach kids and, and even teach educators how to create more joy in their lives is just huge. And, you know, I think the thing that's really cool about your book is a lot of times books about school culture are really either written by a former principal or current principal, and it's typically through the lens of that principal seat. And as a counselor, uh, you know, I love the fact that, that wherever you're at, you can lead from wherever you're at. You don't need the big office in the building to be a leader. Everyone can lead. And my thinking would be that your experience all these years as a counselor has really helped you see things from a much different perspective about that joy you're talking about when working with kids. Well, I think that's, that's such a good observation because I, you know, I think we think in terms of titles when we think about leadership. The reality is every educator is a leader. You have influence over somebody, whether it's students, a PLC, a colleague, friends and family, whatever. Um, but I think we, we really do get stuck in thinking about leaders in terms of, the person with the big office, like you just said. And um, what, what I was doing when I wrote this book was I wanted to have a book that like an entire school could sit down and do a book study with and, and really like, how do we move our culture forward? And uh, you're right. I think, you know, my own experiences as a leader and certainly impacted um, kind of how I see uh, social emotional learning and reaching the whole child and character development and, and all of the student empowerments that I write about in the book that um, I think really do impact culture. I, I think asking one person, whether it's the building principal or the superintendent or whoever, to be the sole leader, 
that's going to drive culture, that, that is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't think that's realistic. And even within a classroom, asking the teacher to drive everything is kind of ridiculous. And I think we're starting to see more of these student-centered classes. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that, that that, you know, is resonating and that, that you know, the, the idea of moving, you know, leadership to a bigger, broader audience is, uh, it definitely needs to be a part of what's happening in, in schools all around the world. You know, I'm a former school superintendent, uh, did that for 15 years in the state of Illinois. I'm a former high school principal. And I've always felt personally that, that the counselor's office is the place that, that really all the magic happens. That, that is, those are the people that truly have a pulse on what's going on in the building. They know what decisions need to be made. They know what affects kids in a positive way and a negative way. So just kind of take me through that piece. You know, I'm sure you have a lot of kids come through your office. You have a lot of probably tough conversations, confidential conversations, but you know when you leave that office and go out and make eye, eye contact with those kids, you know, what the real pulse of the school is. I think that's a, that's a great observation. I think the interesting thing about the council role is we kind of hear all perspectives, right? So we'll get the students that come in and are sharing concerns and frustrations and, and what's going on in their world. We also hear a lot from parents, you know, as far as, um, you know, what's happening in a particular classroom or how maybe a discipline situation was handled or, or it could be a, just a host of things that um, the parents might bring to us. And then we also get the other lens, which is, you know, administration coming in and needing another set of eyes or, or a sounding board or, hey, I'm thinking about this. What are your thoughts on this, Hans? And so I, you're right. I think in some ways we kind of, we kind of have that uh, global vision, I guess, of, of the bigger picture because we're hearing kind of all stakeholders. And, and um, I, I think sometimes counselors don't necessarily use that leadership. I think sometimes they shut their offices and, um, you know, I guess don't take advantage of their ability to really influence change in a building. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things that I write about in my book is called educational cross-training. And it's this idea of really like teaching yourself outside of just your job scope. So I've spent a lot of time focusing on my leadership skills or my instructional skills or pedagogy or things that are not specific to just school counseling. And I think that's helped me grow. And I, I would hope that more educators are getting to that point. I hope that, you know, when we when we find ourselves in an educational role, we don't get so compartmentalized to only focusing on that niche. Um, one of the, the big driving things right now in the world is social emotional learning. And uh, I think a lot of people recognize the need for it. And I, I definitely write about it a lot in, in the book. But it really is a school-wide lens for, 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 you know, implementing something like that. And I think one of the, the pushbacks we get sometimes from educators is it feels like one more thing on the plate. Like, I've already got to teach math and science and LA or whatever else. How, how can I also load this on the plate? And I think one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to remind people social emotional learning, character development, these kinds of like whole child ideas they are the plate. They are the thing that everything else rests on. And so I think school counselors, you know, have a voice in that and helping people not only understand how to do it, but maybe the why as well. 
you know, uh, there are tons of great books out there. And, and that's what's really cool about the education space over, let's say, the last five years. There have been so many amazing uh, educators, you know, share their work and write different books. When I think of school culture, I think of people like Jimmy Casas, the author of Culture Eyes, a great book. I think of people like Todd Whitaker. What, what types of folks and what books out there have influenced you as you were thinking about writing your own school culture book? <laughs> So many, man, <laughs> so many books. And I, I love those, those uh, authors and speakers and, and certainly their book, uh, their books, I should say, resonate and, and show up here. Um, but like I said, I, I was really looking for um, a broader um, audience and, and one that, you know, it, you didn't feel like you had to be um, the one that was just um, the main leader in the building to really affect change. Um, and so, you know, there's been so many books, even within education that, that, uh, certainly resonate with me, but even outside of, of education, uh, I'll give you an example. Dan and Chip Heath wrote a, a book called the power of moments. Um, we've used some of the concepts from the power of moments in building our school culture. So we tried to pull from, you know, a lot of different places when we were, uh, you know, creating this work, I, another you know, huge influence for me was uh, an author named James Hunter, who wrote The Servant. And he also wrote a book called The Culture. It's a business book, but it's all about, um, you know, how to create exceptional organizational culture that's really rooted in character. Um, so his ideas really totally resonate with me and, and certainly show up in my work. Um, and I think that, you know, I think great educators are looking outside of, of their lens. You know, I, I I've already kind of seen that, you know, this is a book that is written by a school counselor, obviously, but um, principals are really, and superintendents are really connecting with this work, um, which is great because then they're kind of getting that, that, you know, variation in lens. Um, you know, I, books like Teach Like a Pirate, you know, like those influenced me. And even though this book isn't necessarily specific to teaching, Again, the, the fingerprints are, are within all of those uh, pages. And again, I think what's really cool about your book is a lot of people write books based on what we think should happen. This is really an autobiography about what is happening every day in your school. You're at Enterprise Middle School in the state of Washington and really walk the walk and talk the talk. And again, I listened to an interview that you did not too long ago talking about, um, you know, a television reporter showing up to do uh, a spot at your school. And she was so moved by what she saw that she was really in your office in tears. And again, tears of joy to use your word. So there are some incredible things happening. So it's really about telling your story and the faculty and staff and the leadership in your school uh, that includes your wife. And so there are just some incredible things happening and you get to tell that story, which I think is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so there is that story component, right? So bringing in, you know, moments and anecdotes and, and things from my life or my, you know, school uh, experience. But I also wanted it to be a real practical guide. Like I really wanted to take people step by step with, okay, how do I actually create an exceptional school culture? What does it look like? How do we break it down? I mean, you know, even like, for instance, like curriculum, um, you know, just taking that as, as a big idea, okay, maybe we know that we want to, you know, implement a social emotional learning curriculum or something like that, but that's a, that's, you know, that's, that's a year long process, right? That takes time to implement and get people on board. 
really create a vision uh, and a plan. You know, our, our we had basically a three-year arc uh, of a plan as to how to roll um, that out in the most meaningful way. And so, you know, we were looking at everything from training to accountability to, you know, the activities that we were involved. I mean, just like every little piece. Um, and so what I tried to do is, was really do that for, for all different parts of, of, uh, school culture. And I, this is kind of my humble opinion is I think this is the most complete guide that's available on school culture. I mean, I talk everything from budgeting and fundraisers to communication style, like how to work with your colleagues to, you know, how to infuse uh, experiential moments that uh, are rooted in, in social emotional learning. So it, I really think that it's, it's the best of all worlds as far as, you know, a complete guide for the school. And I think the organization of the book is so well done because it, it includes so many big pieces. And, and I think one of the problems that personally I see from the outside looking in, a lot of these books on school culture are so well written that it looks easy. And people think <laughs> that all I have to do is create a, a school hashtag and start using Twitter and maybe put a, uh, some motivational posters on the wall. And voila, our school culture is automatically going to change overnight. But you really have to be intentional. And it's, it's a full-time job just to be intentional about your school culture. And I think that that really is a loud message in your book. Yeah, intentionality has been uh, a huge word for me for a number of years. I think that that's, I think sometimes people think that they're being intentional, but um, maybe they're not, you know. So I know years ago, we thought we were doing social emotional learning uh, in a successful way. And what we realized is we had missed all these key elements. You know, we had, we had just kind of thrown it out uh, to our staff and students, but um, you know, really didn't put all the like thought and, and attention to detail that really makes something uh, come to life. And so I totally agree with you that intentionality plays a huge role in, in, in leadership, but also obviously in school culture. And I want to circle back a little bit and, and talk a little bit more about your middle school, uh, Enterprise yeah. Middle School there in Washington. If, um, you know, people are going to read about some of the anecdotes, and that's great, but kind of talk with us a little bit about if I walk into Enterprise Middle School on any given morning, what am I going to see? What am I going to hear that's automatically going to click with me? This place is a little bit different in terms of culture and climate. And you're right. You know, when you walk into a building, you feel it right away. Um, you know what that building is like. And probably in your role as a superintendent, you had that opportunity to walk into buildings and know instantly how, how it was going. When you walk into Enterprise, um, you're immediately struck by what we call our Wildcat Nation morning greeting. So every day we start school by having a number of staff members and students greet literally everybody that walks in the building. So we're out there with high fives and fist bumps and, you know, making personal connections, smiling, you know, greeting people by name. There's music playing. This happens every single day. We've done this for years. And uh, we think this is a, a super important thing, obviously, to lift people up as they're entering our, our space, but also as a way to connect uh, and, and welcome people. And so um, it's just been it's been such a powerful thing and 
and it sounds like such a simple thing. Like I hear people talking about doing it like, like, Oh, we'll do it on a Friday or, you know, once in a while, but to commit to doing that where you're going to be there every single day for years. And I mean, when it's snowing, when it's cold, when it's windy, like it doesn't matter. Like we're out there, like, you know what I mean? Like every day making those personal connections, it just matters so much. And so what it's become, it started off as a, there was this group of staff members and a group of leadership students. And it was like, okay, we're going to do this. And what it's become is the place to be. You know, we, we have such a, just a <laughs> eclectic mix of people at this point that are out front, you know, greeting at our entrances. Uh, it's just so fun. It's, it's just, it's such a powerful thing. And so, um, I'll, I'll just give you one anecdote. We had, this happened uh, last year, I think it was. We had uh, a parent that was just happened to be driving by and saw, you know, what was happening out front um, and pulled over and walked up. And I, I had no idea who it was. I didn't recognize the parent, but she walks up and makes kind of a beeline towards me. And uh, she's like, well, I just had to see what was going on. Well, all the commotion was over here. Well, come to find out, her son actually went to another school. He was at a different school, not enjoying it, and was considering transferring to um, kind of this new STEM school that's kind of down the street. And it's a fancy, awesome place. And she actually came over because teachers at that brand new, beautiful school told her, oh, you shouldn't bring your son here. You should actually think about going to Enterprise. And she's like, well, you know, why? I, like, I live pretty close to this school. Why would I, you know, drive all the way over to Enterprise? And, she, and the teacher basically explained, oh, there's, you know, some amazing school culture kind of things happening over there. It's like your, your son will feel just more welcome and, and, you know, it'll just be a great experience. And so she had kind of wrestled with that for a couple of weeks. And on an off chance, she had been driving by our school and noticed it and it was the first time that she's like well i'm just going to go see what is going on at enterprise well a week later she had transferred her son to our school all of the struggles that he had had with his previous school magically disappeared because he had found teachers that he connected with he had connected with a couple friends now we're almost a year later he's thriving and i like to me, the, it's just amazing because literally she wasn't in our attendance area. She wasn't like, you know, on our radar. We weren't on her radar. She literally was just driving by and she's like, okay, I got to go find out like what is happening over there. So I, that just speaks to, you know, I think as, as kids are coming into school, they want a safe place. As parents are dropping their kids off, they want to feel like, they're dropping their, their son or daughter off to an amazing experience. And here, this is pretty much just a community member driving by and she's moved to find out and learn more. And ultimately it impacts, you know, her own son's experience. So such a cool thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no greater Testament than that, that, you know, once word of mouth gets out that there are great things happening there, people want to see it themselves. And, you know, an, another big piece to, to what you're doing is student voice and and without question 
that has to be a part of any positive school culture. But you've taken it to the next level, really, with the student-led podcast. So you're doing that, and you and your wife, Jen, are doing a podcast. So you're a pretty busy guy. But if you just, if you just think about the student-led piece and giving them an opportunity to just be a more central part of, of the voice about what's going on, I think it's so important. Yeah, and I, it really starts with educators having a mindset of being willing to take a risk. Um, because, you know, it, it sounds so obvious now, oh, just empower students and, and you know, give them a microphone and, and see what happens. But I'll tell you, that was a big risk. Like, we didn't know if 12 and 13, 14-year-olds could create a podcast. Certainly, um, you know, with the adult, you know, like school culture lens, I guess you could say, like, it's such a mature, um, idea. We, we have students that basically do interviews with authors and speakers and, and, you know, professional athletes, it's a wide mix. And then they, at the end, they get to reflect and we, we call it a debrief, but they get to sit around and have a conversation about what they learned and what they got from the interview. And, the interviews are very tailored towards school culture. So we're talking about things like mental health or innovation or character development or leadership or whatever. And, and literally they're talking to like the experts in the field on that. And, you know, then they're able to share different things. So it's been, it's been such a cool thing because not only are we impacting the students that are involved with the podcast, but we've learned about this idea of authentic audience. So now we're sharing that with, the greater community, right, within the uh, enterprise and, and beyond. So we have, we have listeners, just like you with your podcast, we have listeners that are literally all over the world. And so one of the, I think one of our most powerful things that we did for our students last year was uh, we sent out a request for some of our listeners to share videos of, you know, what, what they think about the podcast, what, you know, why they listen to it, what, what are they getting from it? And so we had an opportunity to bring all the students that were currently podcasters together for like a big event as they sort of taught the new students that were learning to podcast for the next year. So it's like an onboarding process. But part of that was we were going to show this video and we didn't tell them about it. But at the end, we, we you know, put the video in and it was basically like 20 minutes of different people around the world, like sharing like personal uh, anecdotes and just thoughts about what they've learned from our students. So, I mean, you're, you're li literally listening to people from Australia to England, to Texas, to New York. Um, we've had, you know, their work featured in books that, that are written about them, you know, what they're doing. Uh, they've been featured on other people's podcasts. I mean, they've just they got to present to a, a group of curriculum directors that were trying to design something similar, like some sort of platform similar to what our students were doing. So it's just been an, an amazing experience. And, and uh, it, people ask me a lot of times, like, where, where would I start with something like this? And I think I'll come back to that thing I said at the beginning. I think the thing that, that I would tell people if you wanted to create you know, more of these moments in your school is you need to embrace risk-taking. And that was something, you know, early on, we didn't know how it was going to go, but, and we told the kids, you know, we're going to make mistakes, you know, as the adults helping and supporting you, like, we don't know what we're doing. So we're going to learn this as we go. And I think that attitude really freed them up to just going for it.
My guest today is Hans Apple. He's the author of a great new book entitled Award-Winning Culture. You can check that out at awardwinningculture.com. I'm sure you can buy that wherever books are sold. You also want to follow Hans on Twitter at Hans N. Apple, A-P-P-E-L, Hans N. Apple. And, you know, Hans, uh, thanks so much for being here. It's been a great conversation. I'm a fan of what you're doing. Uh, I would be remiss, though, if I didn't reflect a little bit on what's going on in the world today and how that's going to impact students when they do come back to school. Obviously, just a horrific scene uh, all across the country right now. And we have to have some tough conversations, not only now, but definitely when we come back to school, when and if that happens uh, in the fall of 2020. Um, what's that going to look like in terms of trying to have some of those tough conversations? You as a counselor are going to have to have some tough conversations. Uh, as we reflect on school culture, what do you think that's going to look like when we come back in August or September? I think one of the things that I've really learned over the last couple of years is that it would be a mistake for the adults and um, people that you know are in charge to be making uh, broad stroke decisions and ideas based on what students need. I think we need to be asking that. And, and so that's what I'm in the process of is really communicating and reaching out to students and saying, what do you guys need? You know, like there's, there's a lot of healing that needs to pay, take place. There's trauma that's happened. Um, there's trauma that's still happening. I mean, we, we're dealing with, you know, some pretty scary equity issues uh, just within the last few weeks that have happened. Right. So um, I think rather than making, you know, big decisions based on what we all think the kids need, I, I think the smarter decision is to bring them to the table. And so that's what we're in the process of right now. Like I'm envisioning that we won't be back at school in the fall. Um, maybe it'll be some sort of hybrid model um, or maybe we'll still be fully distance learning. Um, but I think finding out, um, you know, where are those gaps? You know, whether it's in terms of social emotional learning, whether it's in terms of just trauma support, whether it's in terms of the academic needs, um, you know, where do, where do they need help and support? And I think then tailoring our response to some of that, like we have some ideas, obviously, um, about best practice and dealing with, um, you know, pretty traumatic events. But I think we also have to recognize that we didn't go to school for this, right? Like this wasn't, this wasn't something that we all got some manual on at some point. There's not a book out there that, you know, walks us through uh, how to handle all of the events that have happened over the last six or eight weeks. And so I, I think bringing all of these different voices to the table is the place I want to start. Well, you know, even as an adult, I'm 52 years old. It's difficult for me to process things that I see and hear. Uh, over the last week. So I can imagine, you know, if you're a seven, eight year old kid and you're trying to, you know, you're watching TV because it's everywhere. I mean, and, and it's just something that uh, is going to be a part of that experience when they come back to school. So I think that was very well said. And not only is Hans uh, an author and an outstanding teacher, but you also can provide um, workshops and other professional development. Tell us a little bit about the Teach Better team. Yeah, Teach Better is amazing. They're, they're a group of uh, educators that are basically um, committed to uh, helping support other educators. 
And so they've, they've created a team of uh, incredible speakers that go around and do trainings and workshops in a host of things. Our expertise, my wife, Jennifer, and I, we focus on, you know, the school culture, SEL uh, world. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're going around and, and doing that. Obviously, right now with COVID, it's a little different. So it's a lot of virtual stuff. But, um, you know, at some point, we'll all adjust to this new normal and, and uh, you know, we'll get back to more of the in-person live uh, type situations. But, um, yeah, it, I love helping other educators create some of the, the experiences that we've been able to create at uh, Enterprise. And so I'm passionate about that. I, I know that, you know, I have a platform and a voice and, and some experiences that can help um, create these same kinds of learning uh, settings and environments for other students. And so that really drives me. So we're, we're doing uh, coaching. We're actually going in and working with schools and, and helping them evaluate their school culture and then create specific plans on, you know, where do we go from here? Um, and, and learning how to meet those schools and those districts where they are, but then also help them push forward, which is kind of the whole idea behind Teach Better. It's, you know, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. And I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. And it's just, that's how school culture should be. Um, it should just, just be like, how do we layer uh, better and better practices and, and, you know, more intentionality over time? Um, I think that's huge. Well, it's been a great conversation, folks. Jump out there and get this book. I highly recommend it. Go to awardwinningculture.com. And Hans, I want to give you one closing thought as we kind of wrap it up. What can you tell people that, um, you know, may have an interest in learning more about this book? Well, I believe that education at its highest level is about inspiring others to discover and develop their joy. And I think that really resonates with people. I think people understand the need to create such exceptional school culture and classroom culture that, um, that we're really driving at joy. And so if that's you, then I definitely think uh, that you would enjoy the book. Well, thanks for your time and uh, best wishes to you and the family back in Washington. I hope you get back into Enterprise Middle School, get a chance to connect with those kids again that I'm sure you're missing. Absolutely. I appreciate right. you having me on. Well, thanks for being here. And folks, that's a wrap. Get out and get the book. Be sure to follow Hans on Twitter again at Hans and Apple. And that's a wrap. And as always, folks, do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids.